This is The Unholy Union. A podcast where you'll be subjected to highly offensive marital discourse. If you do not feel insulted during this week's episode, don't worry, we'll try harder next week. If you can relate to our ramblings, we want to be friends with you. If you believe that we take it too far or our mouths are too much for you, then with as much love and sincerity as we can muster, you can suck it. Welcome to The Unholy Union. So May is Mental Health Awareness Month. I wanted to talk about mental health and more specifically OCD. Yeah. Because I am a recovered, I will say recovered OCD person. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to end I that. I don't know English. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I am not good at this, but I wanted to kind of go through OCD because it hit us close to home. It is something that I find to be very misunderstood everywhere. Me- yeah. Media, healthcare industry, everything. It's an extremely misunderstood mental illness. Absolutely. And I wanted to start off with some facts about OCD. So OCD is obsessive compulsive disorder. Yes. Most people know that. Yes. Well, that is where their understanding ends. Right. They don't understand what a what an obsession is or what a compulsion is. So I'm going to define that for you right now. Yes. So an obsession is a thought, image, or impulse that can occur over and over again, and these usually feel out of your control. What's weird about these obsessions is it can be different themes. Right. So... When you see people that wash their hands over and over again, they are afraid of being contaminated or getting sick or things like that. And I think that's the most common one that people know because of the media, right? Well, that, that people know, yes. Yes, I don't because know. you yeah. have shows like Monk or you have shows, I forget what some of the other ones are, where the character has a, this contamination form of OCD, so they hyper clean, right? Right. They don't like touching things or they have to touch things and immediately wash their hands or whatever it is. But that seems like to be the most popular, but there's a lot more than just that. Oh yeah. That, so, so some of the forms are harm OCD, which is one, that's the one that I specifically had, right? which is a thought or a feeling that you might hurt yourself or someone else. Right. That one is very weird and it's not outwardly visible. Like, contamination OCD. So so normally you can see somebody, you're like, man, that dude just washed his hands 52 times and his hands are bleeding because he used soap every time and he overwashed. Harm OCD is usually internal. Right. A lot of people don't realize, though, with harm OCD, that most of the time you're having, what are they called? The obtrusive thoughts. Yes. You're... Right. Intrusive. Thank you. Intrusive. You're having these intrusive thoughts that literally just bubble up. And for people who have a brain that does not have OCD, harm OCD specifically, it can bubble up and go away quickly. We don't focus on it. It's fleeting. Exactly. Like you're like, huh, that's a weird thought. (laughs) And then you move on. Like you see somebody crossing the street. Oh, I could hit them with my car. You're like, well, that was weird. Okay, move on. Yeah, or you're on a balcony at a hotel and you're like, I could jump off this motherfucker. Right. <laughs> but Normal people. Yeah. Not, people without OCD. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That. People without OCD have those thoughts and they bubble up and you move on. It doesn't stick. Right. They're but, fleeting. And 
it's like a morality thing too. Like if it's not just about you, you know, you're worried that you, like you just said, you might run somebody over. Well, that's like a morality thing, right? Right. Like, oh I'm my not God, a I'm not a murderer. I'm not a bad guy or whatever. Well, that's not it. There's a POCD, which is people that may be afraid to be a pedophile. Mm-hmm. So once again, it attacks you at your core right. and your core beliefs. Like you are afraid that you're going to be a pedophile and you're going to hurt a child. Right. Not that you will. Not that you will. You but have that's the your fear. Right. So, that you could. So, and then also the the one of the one of the other ones is sexual orientation OCD. Mm-hmm. So that has to do with your sexuality. Once right. again, how you feel about yourself internal, like what you believe about you, you are questioning now. Right. So the problem with OCD is these thoughts become sticky. Right. You start then performing compulsions to re- alleviate yourself, alleve? alleviate, alleviate these feelings and thoughts mm-hmm. that you receive from these weird obsessions. It's messed up. Yeah. Because you, as a person, you start questioning your morality, which is a compulsion, mm-hmm. which is what we'll get to. I'll define that next. But all you're doing is pouring gas on the fire when you question Pouring gas on the fire of the obsession. Of the obsession. So next thing is compulsions. Hold on one second. Yep. So we talked about those different types. I feel like there is a morality type one, too. Like it's religious, right? Yeah, yeah, there's a religious OCD, which... Like no matter what your religious background is. Yes. It's if you you feel like that you're going to go to hell. Right. Or whatever your version of hell is. Yes. Whatever your version of hell. Or you, you just aren't. The perfect Christian, or you're not the perfect whatever. Muslim, yeah, or... Muslim, whatever it is. You're you just no matter what you do, you feel like you have to walk on eggshells. Or oh my goodness, I sin today. Right. It's like everybody sins, but you can't reason with OCD. Right. All Sorry. right. Compulsion. Yep. Compulsion. So people try to make these obsessions go away by performing compulsions. Contamination OCD. Washing your hands multiple times a day until your hands crack and bleed. That's one of them. Checking things to make sure that, like, your stove is off so you don't burn your house down. Mm -hmm. You check it over and over again because you want that feeling of perfection. That's another thing is perfection OCD. And then harm OCD, which is what I had, mine were not outwardly visible. Right. My compulsions. My compulsions were me in my brain. Ruminating. Ruminating and thinking, no, that's not me. I'd never do that. I never hurt someone i'd never run somebody over in the crosswalk (laughs) or whatever you know but it's weird because that's happening all internal right there's nothing that you know you could have done to help me stop not to stop no but i knew when it was happening yeah because i would be a shell an empty shell of myself yes i'm there um, but I'm not present. Right. You would retreat into yourself. Yes. I I could be sitting in front of a TV and one moment I'll be watching it and enjoying a show. And the next moment, something violent happens in a movie. And I'm like, and instantly pulling all that inside and just, just internalizing. Yeah. Internalizing, saying, no, I would never do that. That's not me. Blah, blah, blah. I've never done that before. I would never do it. I would. And all that does, all you're doing is. Telling your brain that, yes, my obsession is a threat. Yep. Like, yeah, I might do that. Yep. That's all you're doing. And then it's a vicious cycle. It's a big circle. It goes 
back and forth over and over and over again. And you have to break that cycle. Right. You're telling your brain this is something to be afraid of. Heightened anxiety. Have a reaction. You are reinforcing that your brain's reaction to that thought is correct. Right. And that sucks. (laughs) It's a vicious cycle. It's so bad. So I had a couple of facts about OCD that. Oh, oh, <laughs> that I, I did a little bit of research. See, I didn't even know a lot of this stuff. I just knew what was happening to me. Yeah. But and we'll go d- deeper into our story, but for your sure. story for sure. But I wanted to give everybody an overview of you what know, OCD is. what it is and why it's misunderstood. Mm-hmm. So OCD can start from any time from preschool to adulthood to adulthood. And for you, usually by the age of 40. Yeah, and for you, you say that you felt like you've had it. I've had it since I was a child, mm-hmm. 100%. There was moments in middle school where I would check my locker to make sure I locked it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's that's not even of any consequence. Who cares? They're going to steal my homework. Whoops. <laughs> well, it was like you said it even in kindergarten, something about your shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I had a little scuff on one of my shoes, and I had to keep looking at it like... I kept checking it because I was so agitated about it being scuffed, messed up and scuffed. I'm like, it's a pair of shoes, bro. You're well, gonna, now. <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, but I know, but you're going to grow out of them in three minutes. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's you can't justify or reason with it. That's the whole thing. And what was another one? Yeah, I went to the movies. Mm-hmm. I went to the bathroom at, after the movie was over. I would wash my hands and then I would touch the faucet to turn off the sink. And then I was like, oh, shit, I touched that. Now I have to wash my hands again. I was in there for like a half hour. So a little bit of contamination maybe when you were younger. It changes. It morphs. And Mm -hmm. then I remember, this is a weird one. I was watching Cops one time, and a dude had his shirt off. And I was 10 or 11, and I was worried I was gay. Mm -hmm. I mean. Not not, that you were. No. But you were worried that you may have I was worried that I was gay. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not judging anybody for their sexual orientation, but. That wasn't me, mm-hmm. you know. Makes you question everything about yourself. Yes, everything that you know, everything that you want to be, everything that you don't want to be, all that. It's it's nuts. So one-third to a half of adults report that their OCD started in childhood. Mm-hmm. And that's sad to me. Why? Because... This th- because of this next fact. On average, people people with OCD see three to four doctors and spend over nine years seeking treatment before receiving the correct diagno- diagnosis. That hurts me. Nine years, and that's just to receive the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Wait. <laughs> it also takes an average of seventeen years from the time OCD begins for people to obtain the appropriate treatment. Well, that I can kind of see because if it begins in childhood and if it's just like you, for example, right, you're five years old, your shoe is scuffed, you keep staring at it, keep checking it, like your parents aren't going to notice that right away. Well, no, and you don't have, as a child, you don't really know how to vocalize it. That's not normal. Right, exactly. So I can see the 17 years to receive appropriate treatment from the time that OCD begins. Like that, that makes, that makes sense. Um, Unfortunately, it does. But the nine years yeah. and three to four doctors yep. to seek treatment. That happened to us or me. Not nine years. No, but well, I mean, I did. I had it since childhood 
and I I just never vocalized it because I didn't know. Right. It got to a breaking point, and we'll get there in the story here, that we finally realized that there was something going on and had to find treatment, but it did not take us nine years. I couldn't imagine. That's insane. Yeah, nine years. And the three to four doctors. That's also insane. But anyway, so OCD is underdiagnosed and undertreated because people are generally secretive about it because, like I said, those thoughts get people all weirded out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm a fucking murderer, you know, whatever. Well, it's not, it feels wrong, right? Yes. It's a morality thing. Yep. It feels wrong. Like, what is wrong with me? Yep, yep. And then one in 40 adults in the U.S. has OCD, and one in 100 children in the U.S. have OCD. I thought that was an extremely high number. Well, I guess, okay, so you said before that OCD can start anytime from preschool to adulthood, usually around age 40. So I guess this number for one in 40 adults, I guess that's closer to the age of 40. And then one in 100 children is probably because they don't. They don't know. Right. They don't talk about it yet. Right. I mean, because I could have been classified in that one of one in 100 children for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. But it wasn't to the breaking point that we got to as no. you got older. No, because it ebb and flows. Right. It's like, oh, shit. Like, I'll have a bad month. Like, I'll constantly ruminate or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, 100% gone. I haven't focused on it. I haven't done nothing. I'm just fucking off until something else triggers triggers me. But, yeah, that, I thought that was a very high number, though. One in 40? Yeah. And they said that it is more prevalent in developed countries than underdeveloped countries, which I also thought was interesting. But also not too interesting because... We are a rat race here in the U.S. I mean, I think it's everything. I think it's the rat race. I think it's the food. The media. I think it's the media. I think it's just our intake, right, of of social media, of everything life. We are an anxious society, and I just that, – that, it's crazy that all this technology, we have access to all this knowledge, and to me, in my opinion, it's causing a lot of issues. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're we're being constantly fed all this negativity from the media and Facebook. Negativity sells. And tw- 100%. Algorithms keep you engaged with shit content. Yep. So we need to get off the internet. <laughs> As we host this podcast. <laughs> yeah. And then OCD in the world is one of the top illness-related disabilities. Mm. Top 20. Top 20 illness-related disabilities in the world For people within the ages of 15 to 44. I didn't know that. I didn't either. So that is my fact sheet of the day. Well, I want to add a couple more facts. Okay. Because we'll get to it in our story. Mm, Keep saying that. But I, during our experience, I fully believe that the mental health system in the U.S., because that's the only one I can speak for right now. But I would venture to guess the world is... Not good. It isn't. It fucking sucks. Yes. It, it It's sad. And it's very bad. The idea of three to four doctors in nine different, or over nine years to get a diagnosis. Exactly. And, that's and, insane. And every single one of those doctors should have poked and prodded to get the information out of the patient. Right. Yes, it might be hard to get it out of them. But you need to do your job and diagnose these people properly. Well, I, I want to dig deeper into that because I also think 
you have to go to a specific doctor in order to get a diagnosis. And it's dumb. Yeah, I know. Why can't a primary care can diagnose that? Why not? Exactly. Why can't a primary care diagnose that? Well, okay. They don't have to give you a proper diagnosis. They can say, hey, I think you have OCD. Or you have a mental disorder. Yes. Now you need to go see a psychologist and a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. I can't do this here. Right. And I'm I'm saying I love talk therapy is money for certain issues. Mm-hmm. But for OCD, it is awful. Right. Because all you're doing is reinforcing to your brain that, oh, you're not that bad person. Da, da, da. You're saying that that is a threat in your head. Right. And I was sent to three, what was it, three or four? I think it might have been four We'll get to that talk in a second. therapists. Yep. <laughs> um, but I want to point this out that over nine years, three to four doctors, that sounds hopeless to some people. It is. You know what I mean? So one of the leading causes of death in the U.S. is suicide. 100%. And... In 2020, nearly 46,000 Americans died by suicide. 1.2 million adults and over 629,000 adolescents attempted suicide. That, and that's unbelievably bad. And one of, they say that the, oh, dang it, I had it. <laughs> oh, and then they estimate that 46% of people who die by suicide had a known mental health condition. Right. Almost half of suicide, related suicides, or suicides, are related to mental health issues. Right. Or at least they've had a mental health, a known mental health issue. That's insane. Well, yeah, I. it's crazy. And it furthers the point to me that our mental health system, in, at least in the United States, is shit. It, there's a giant stigma around mental health for some reason. It, it's a real thing. People, I've met people that think, oh, just go outside. You'll be fine. <laughs> and that's bullshit. I'd go outside and I'd get sunburned because I wasn't present. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because I'd start fucking ruminating and I wasn't there. I know. <laughs> but the sunburn part. Well, I'm just saying that's <laughs> what know. it's just the stupidity of certain people that say that oh you get, yeah you're fine you just get over it da, 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 da. just go outside go have a beer da, 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 da. stop thinking about yeah, it yeah stop thinking Move about on. it oh <laughs> really if it, if it was that easy do you think I would have fucking checked myself in mm-hmm. really oh my god it's so frustrating well it sounds like we're ready for your story well, yeah. <laughs> So this all started because I, well, I've had it since childhood, but I reached adulthood, you know, got established in a career and I changed jobs after quite a while at a, at a certain place. And I liked the place, but I wanted to do better for myself. Right. And me taking that job just created a lot of anxiety for me Mm -hmm. so much so that Within my first week, I went to the hospital. Twice. Twice. I went to the hospital two times because my anxiety, I had like panic attack after panic attack. Mm -hmm. It was awful. Well. And the only thing they did for you. Was dope me up. Yep. With Ativan, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Was pump you full of meds. Yeah, benzos, Um, which is awful. 
they, they literally the ambulance was called to take you to the hospital. Yep. Both times. <laughs> right. Um, and what we thought maybe was a heart attack <laughs> actually ended up being panic attacks. They pumped you full of Ativan and sent you home. That's it. They didn't have a psychiatrist or a psychologist come in there and say, hey, man, you you know, the doctor could have said, hey, you need to go really, you really need to go see a psychologist. Right. You need to figure it out. You know, here's a referral, whatever it is, go figure your stuff out. It was dope me up because that stuff works. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It will it work. You down. It brings you down, but it's temporary. Yep. There's no long-term benefits to benzos. Now, they're, they're Benzos, which is Ativan, Clonazepam, what is it? What's the other big one? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Valium. No, yeah, Valium, I think, is one. Mm-hmm. I just a, know those two. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> those actually are one of the few prescription medications that, as you come down off of it, it can kill you if you if you don't um come down slow. And that is crazy Mm because that's what they would give me. They'd give me a a pack of 30. Hey, here, just take these home. If you start feeling anxious, just pop pop one of these. That makes no sense. It's like that doesn't do anything. That's like it's literally like taking a shot of alcohol. It's not curing anything. It's not. You are medicating a symptom rather than trying to solve the issue. Right. You're, You're just making me drunk to... Pacify. To, yeah, to pacify my my overactive brain. Now, and that's not to say that the ER that you went to didn't do everything they could, right? Like they, this is to the extent that they felt that they could provide you a service. Yes. But that's fucked up. Yeah, I agree. Like why, if you know that you're pumping this person full of Ativan because they're probably having a panic attack, why wouldn't you take that next step and say, you need to see a psychologist, psychiatrist. Because we didn't know at the time. Had no idea. I just thought I was going through stress because I started a new job. Right. Uh-uh-uh. Next. <laughs> I, I can't remember. Within the first couple of weeks, I went to the hospital three or four times, I think. After that, yeah. Yeah. Well, finally, I hit a breaking point, and I feel like it was... I hate saying this because it makes it sound like I'm pointing the finger at you, but... You asked me a question, hey, is is our daughter causing you anxiety? And that immediately turned into, oh, my God, could I ever hurt or, you know, what could I ever hurt her? And that right there, it felt like a dagger in my heart. And I knew something was fucking wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't a panic attack. This is like, holy shit. My brain is broken. Biggest regret of my life. See, but it shouldn't be. I know. Because you were asking a valid question to try to help me get over anxiety. But (laughs) it was going to happen no matter what. I know. It, It just attacked our kid because that moment was a trigger. Right. You know, well, that wouldn't go away. Obviously, it's OCD. That wouldn't go away. All that did was increase my anxiety like tenfold and made it worse. So finally, I had an episode of, you know, harm OCD and rumination. And I said, I'm fucking out of here. I need to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And I checked myself in. 
to what is it called? It's a psych ward, ain't it? Well, what do they call it? Behavioral health. Yeah, behavioral behavioral <laughs> health hospital. Yes. So I checked myself into one of those because I knew something was wrong and I was desperate for help and I was not going back to the ER because they hadn't helped up. All they point. did was dope me up, right? And shit, and that and that that pissed me off. It made me more mad because I was like, as soon I feel good right now, but as soon as this stuff starts weaning off, it's almost worse. Yep. So I went to the behavioral health place. You called me, and I had just started a new job a right. couple weeks before that call. So I left and met you in the ER. And because you were checking yourself in, essentially, to the behavioral health, the room was bare. Yeah, right? they, they treated me like... You were going to try and commit suicide. Yeah, or hurt people. Right. And that made it worse. Because I was like, holy shit, these people are afraid of me. Right. That's how I felt. 100%. I was like, I'm a monster. There was no comfort. There was no... No. It didn't even feel like they were treating you like a patient. It was like a prisoner. Yes, 100%. And then they... I got... It was crazy because in the hospital... Because you have to check yourself into the hospital first. Then you get transferred over to the behavioral health. In the hospital... To get transferred, they put me in the car with a security officer with a gun and stuff and drove me over to the place. Treated me like I was a prisoner, a and uh, like I committed murder. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. And then the first thing I do when I get into the to the hospital, the behavioral health hospital was strip down. They wand you. To make sure you don't have any, you know, knives, whatever, weapons, anything. And I'm like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. I I I checked myself in here for help, not to be treated like a fucking madman. Right. And that's the problem, too, I think, because there are cases where some people need that. Yeah. And But you can't lump everybody together. You well, can't. You also had a lot of people in there with addiction problems. Addiction, and then there was actual, like threatening people that i can't remember one dude yeah combative one dude was threatening his mom the cops came he was combative with the police like he was like i'm gonna kill you officer blah 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 whatever but you're why are you putting people with anxiety into that environment right that's just heightening yeah and that's what it did to me i i felt like i was in prison because they would only give you one pillow they would only give you one blanket and it was like everything was flushed to the wall because so so there was no points to you know commit suicide with hang yourself but i'm like okay this isn't making me feel very good okay right. i'm being i'm being put in here like i'm in jail and once again it just further the point that it's fucked the yes. system is fucked they they, I mean, they're lumping everyone in to one system when you have heart doctors out there. You have brain specialists out there. You have arthritis doctors out there, mm-hmm. blood doctors. But here, here, dude, you have OCD. Get Go in here. Get lumped in with every other mental health condition out there. Right. That doesn't make sense. No. And it's not helpful. It's not helpful. It made it worse. Right. Because once I once I was in there, I spent five days 
It was a clusterfuck because I'm in there doing talk therapy, like I said, is which is awful for OCD. And they're pumping me full of Ativan and stuff. Mm-hmm. They're giving me every single mental health medication under the sun because what they're doing is trying to discharge you. Yep, as quickly as possible. As quickly as possible. And then I get out. You know what they told me to do? They said, go to this talk therapist over here so you can get better. And it's one of those, what was it? It was one of those networks where it's like a franchise where all these talk people can just sign up. Yeah. It wasn't even like, my per- they're, they're therapists, they're not psychologists. Right. My person wasn't even licensed yet. <laughs> she was doing her hours to get license underneath the roof of this place. Again, we had no idea what we were doing at the beginning. But that's what the professionals are there for. Mm-hmm. I think, I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure the bill was thirteen grand uh-huh. for those five days. Yeah. I'm paying you $13,000 for your professional help. Right. And you sent me to a place that makes it worse. Yep. That's bullshit. But even rehab is better than that. Like, you know what Well, I they mean? don't. Uh, I mean, there's some that are probably more drastic than others. But uh, yeah. I've seen the videos of rehab where it's like s- s- cupcakes and rainbows. Right. It's like a spa. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, that's not what I was expecting at this place. Let me be clear. I was expecting help. I was expecting help, like somebody with a, you know, a psychologist or a psychiatrist to come in there every day and talk to me and help me out. I got to see, this is the other thing that really pissed me off. I would see a psychiatrist once a day, but it was for maybe five minutes. And it was to just adjust your medication. Yeah, how are you feeling? I'm like, I feel like shit. Mm-hmm. Every <laughs> what day. Do you, what do you mean? Oh, we're going to switch your meds then. <laughs> yeah, I feel like shit. No, nothing... I don't think this stuff is going to work. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. You're sending me to this fucking class to talk about... My feelings. Yeah, my feelings. That's not what I want to do. Mm-hmm. But again, we didn't know what we were doing, so we went to the first... But that's why we went there for 13 grand was to help me figure it out, and it I didn't know. work. <sighs> so then we went to the first therapist. She wasn't even licensed. Then we went to a second therapist, again, Which someone... Wasn't, I don't think she was licensed either. She was underneath, uh, uh, I don't know what, what, they have to get their hours. It right. was a talk therapist, though. Right. Yes. So we're on two. Was there a third? Yes, yes. There was another one that I found online. She specialized in anxiety. And, and none of these people... I think there was three so far. That, there was three, for sure. Three talk therapists. Three talk therapists. So none of these people said, hey, man, you, you might have like an OCD thing. A mental condition that you need to see a psychologist for. Yes. None of them said that. None of them said, hey, man, I think you might be out of the, out of the scope or the realm of my expertise. So you need to really go see a, a, a professional for this right. stuff. On top of that... They asked really asinine questions. Yeah, what well, the the first lady that I went to asked me if I was schizophrenic, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you don't ask that. <laughs> well, she's a therapist; she can't diagnose it. So yeah. why is she asking? Right? What am I supposed to say? Yeah, motherfucker, I'm schizophrenic. But all she did was make me freak out worse. Right? Spin that up. Am yeah. I schizophrenic? Yep. Yeah. So I started ruminating on being a schizo. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is ridiculous. We needed help and they no one was providing it not to mention we were spending 
thousands of dollars on this. Mm-hmm. Thousands of fucking dollars were spent to try to figure out my issues and make me get better. Well, I would have spent every dollar in the world 100%, to get better, but... but... But it was... Those first three people, it was a waste. Agreed. It was a waste of time. I suffered. Mm-hmm. And it was a waste of money. Yep. So finally, which th- this is one thing that I did that you're not supposed to do. <laughs> I researched and I typed in my thought. I literally would type in my thoughts in Google. And you know what popped up? Harm OCD. Uh-huh. I was like, holy shit, I have OCD. Mm-hmm. And I, I never would have thought that because I misunderstood OCD to be like that contamination stuff, mm-hmm. to be wish wash hands a lot or take a shower for eight hours a day. Right. I thought it was, it had to do with something, an outward compulsion, checking the stove, making sure the door was locked, things like that. All things that I feel like I need to go do right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I had no idea harm OCD existed. Right. And I think at that moment, we went and found online an, a psychologist who specialized in OCD And after the first few meetings with this doctor, we started to actually feel like we were on the right track. Yes, 100%. So CBT therapy is what is used for OCD, but it's a specific CBT therapy. It is called ERP, which is Exposure Response Prevention Therapy. You got it. So what it does now, this is it's it, it will be if you have OCD and you're listening to this, it will be one of the hardest things you ever do. Very but uncomfortable. It's it's super uncomfortable, but it will as long as you take it seriously and you keep at it, it will make you better. It works. It works. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And and I can't remember. Did that doctor give us the psychiatrist, too? Or did we find the psychiatrist on our own? I can't remember. No, the, the we found the psychiatrist, but the first one wasn't helpful. Mm. He 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 was very hesitant to diagnose too. Well, he's a doctor. Here's what the process <laughs> should be in my mind, right? This is what should happen. You go to the ER. You have to get out of van because your heart is racing. You feel like you're having a heart attack, but do an EKG. You're not having a heart attack, so you're probably having a panic attack, right? Mhm. So, right there in the ER, doctor comes in and says, you're having a panic attack or, you know, an anxiety attack, whatever he says. You need to go to a psychologist. Here's a list of psychologists in the area. Good luck to you. Right. Great. You go to one of those psychologists. They give you a diagnosis. Once they give you a diagnosis, you go to the psychiatrist to get the medicine for said diagnosis. That, to me, should be the process. Yeah, I don't know. They just don't. If it's not physical, if it's not a physical ailment. If you didn't break your arm or your leg. Yeah, you're or, bleeding out or whatever. Then you're just chopped liver. Right. There is no process. You just right. have to figure it out. Yep. And that's what I'm, I thank God every day that I type those words into Google. Mm-hmm. I was uncomfortable as shit doing it. I'm like, they're going to come knocking on my fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. And guess what? It led me to. Harm OCD, it led me to what the treatment options were, and then it led me to ERP. Yep. And 
the next step was the Google search and ERP therapist because don't just go to any therapist. Yep. There are specialty therapists for ERP and they know what the fuck they're doing. Well, I think the thing is, though, you have to get diagnosed, right? And the only way you, in my Take mind. Take the plunge and pay the money if you think. Just fucking do it. In my mind, the psychologist is the one who makes a diagnosis. They seem to be the most knowledgeable about how the brain works. They're a fucking psychologist. Yeah, but, of course they are. Yeah, but what about psychiatrists? They're prescribing these pretty potent drugs. That's what I'm saying, though. They should have the diagnosis in front of them and then be able to di- give medicine based on the psychologist's diagnosis. <laughs> yeah, but I went to the psychiatrist first. To keep up with my pills. Right, but we were doing that based on what you were given in the hospital. I know, (laughs) but he didn't tell me to go see someone else. (laughs) It's a broken system in Lindsay's world. It would be, you do this, 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 this. It's it's terrible. (laughs) But just seriously, if you think you may have OCD, go just go see someone that's an ERP therapist. I'm not joking. Pay the money. Ask them Ask them if they think that's what you have. Well, let's talk about timeline, right? So I guess it was about September. 2019, yep. Yep, that you switch jobs and first time you go to the ER. And the fucking world caught fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say it was end of September, beginning of October that you went to the hospital of 2019? Yeah. Went to the behavioral health yes, hospital? Yes, yes. I got out of behavioral health... I think it was like October 1st or something. Right. Yep. And then from there, I would say, what, January, we finally found the psychologist to help? Well, I found them in January, but I wasn't able to get in until February or March because, surprisingly, there's a fucking wait for these. That doesn't surprise me, to be honest with you. There's not enough. There's definitely not enough because they're not fucking... Pushing and diagnosing people properly. Right. If there if if there was a demand because doctors were saying, "Hey, I think you might have OCD," there would be a billion fucking ERP therapists mm-hmm. because of how in demand they would be and how many diagnosis di- diagnoses <laughs> <laughs> would come out of you know doctors' offices everywhere. Well, if 1.2 million Americans are attempting suicide, then obviously they're going to the hospital. I would assume they're going to the hospital, right? If they're attempting. I hope so. How are they not getting that first step? Like, you have something going on mental health-wise. You need help. Well, the Go pro- see a psychologist. I mean, in my experience, I was treated like a fucking prisoner. I know. You know? So, if if that... If you're supposed to gain hope from these places to get help, it didn't work for me. Right. Now, I'm I'm trying to be less negative Nancy here because there is help out there. There is, but the process fucking sucks. Yes, but However, I, would, I would recommend you take things into your own hands. Be your own advocate. Yes, be your own advocate. Research if you got to just to get just to try to figure out what's going on and then push yourself to go get help. You know, yep. go to a specialist. Yep. Don't go to a primary care. I mean, 
Obviously, you should be able to, but obviously, don't. Well, go if you have to to get medication, you know, anything like that. There is, There are so many places that you can go to get help. Don't, just don't think that that's your only option is suicide because it's not. Nope. It's hard. I went through it. I honestly didn't think I was um, going to make it out. Yep. Truly. I didn't think I was going to make it out, but well, I fought for it. For February and between February and March, we started with the right psychologist. Yes. And during that time after February and March, the psychiatrist started to change your medicine and we started to feel like it was almost right. Well, I also had to be my own advocate with the psychiatrist, too, because they just wanted to keep me on. They wanted to keep me on uh, benzos. Mm-hmm. He said, take one, I can't remember, 0.5 clonopin in the morning, 0.5 clonopin at night. Yep. That is a ridiculous amount of fucking benzos. Mm-hmm. Well, so we started to, started with the psychologist, we started with the psychiatrist and started to get things right. Yep. And I would say by May, we were feeling good. It, I was probably 75 to 80%. Yep. It wasn't good enough for me, though. <laughs> It really wasn't. So I had been on a wait list for another another uh, psychologist. Mm-hmm. And her methods were different from my previous psychologist's methods. Mm-hmm. Hers were, it was still ERP, but it was less about habitual, you know, basically becoming numb to the thoughts. Mm-hmm. It was less about that and more about the response prevention part. Right. As in... Yeah, you have a weird thought, but don't engage with it. Yep. If it's just pretend it's a butterfly landing on your finger. Yeah, you're but you know, if you were throwing the ball with your kid, keep throwing the ball. Don't engage with that butterfly though. Mhm. Don't sit there and look at it or don't don't think about it touching you or whatever. Just continue to play ball. You know? Mm-hmm. Things like that. Her methods fucking I would say 99%. Yep. Done. 99% and you got off benzos. I'm I off. would say by the end of the summer. Yes, I'm off benzos and I was also on an antipsychotic because like I said in the hospital they doped me up to the max. Yep. It was I, throwing darts at the wall, let's get something that works within these 5 days. Well, and 5 days is not that's the other thing. 5 days with psychiatric drugs five days does nothing i know it takes months to titrate to titrate up especially for ocd mm-hmm. ocd is one of the longer titration times it takes i think i think the average is 12 weeks for that stuff to start working like a like a zoloft right but yeah so by the end of summer we All were good. off of everything except for zoloft zoloft and we were seeing a new psychologist, the one that really freaking worked. Oh, my God. It's an amazing person. So in 2020, by by the end of 2020, you were not meeting with your psychologist very nope. often. I, I don't think I met with her at all. Not only that, but I was on three-month refills of Zoloft with a... A psychologist? No, in 2020 psych- you were. So, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, 2019 is when it all started. End of 2020 is when we are 99% yeah. on Zoloft feeling good. Right. And I, 
I turned off, like I was going to the psychiatrist every week mm-hmm. to check in, which was dumb. I, I'd go in there for five. Like I said, I'd go in there for 15 minutes. Yep. How are you feeling? Great. Terrible. <laughs> well, no, at, at the beginning, yeah. I was feeling terrible. Oh, okay. Well, here's more. Mm-hmm. Here's Just take clonopin. <laughs> That's not helping. <laughs> It helps for 20 minutes. Uh-huh. It makes me go to sleep, too. And that, mind you, I was working through all this, too, yep. because I had to have insurance. Yep. I had to pay bills. But you, the job that you had taken that you were, that started this whole thing, you actually quit. Yes, I. I and went back to the job that you had before you quit. Right. <laughs> Um, and, and they were amazing. Both of them yes. were amazing. They were both jobs were extremely understanding. Very helpful. Very helpful. They there was no hard feelings about me. Just I, I stopped going to that job. Right. I, obviously, I was staying in touch with them as much as I could. But I said, I, I cannot stay there. Yep. I'm sorry. It, I something in my head broke. Yep. You know. So by the end of 2020, we were feeling good, 99%, all the things. Here we are in 2023. How are we doing? Um, the same. Just, just like a normal person, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'll get weird feelings and weird thoughts every w- once in a while. But it's like standard. Everybody has them. Mm-hmm. Like, ah, I feel like shit today. Or, ooh, that's a weird one. But I've learned from ERP how to let it, you know, flow off my back. There you go. That's what it it doesn't stick anymore because of ERP lessons are lifelong lessons. You will never forget them Mm -hmm. because truthfully, they're traumatic at first. Yep. (laughs) You're purposely putting yourself into that uncomfortable thought pattern. Yep. And then not engaging with it. Just having to sit with it. That's it. But. I just want to reiterate, there's hope. A lot of this stuff sounds shitty. The system is shitty, but it's not the only option for you. Nope. Seriously, there's there's many, many things you can do. Look it up online. I mean, we've got the I, IOCDF, International OCD Foundation. They were awesome for my, my treatment. They had a directory on there for ERP therapists. I'm pretty sure it was a directory that drilled down to where you were. So it was a directory of exactly what I needed. Yep. And there's resources out there too, like phone lines you can call, suicide hotline. Just don't don't take that bad step. For real. It's it's not worth it. People do love you. People will help you. You just gotta find the right people. Yep. If you have those thoughts, feelings of suicide, please dial 988 or send a text message to 988. So that way you can talk to somebody at the suicide prevention hotline because it's, it is something that you can get better. A hundred percent. You can be your old self again. I know people that have had depression like borderline suicidal or attempted and now they're very successful people and you would never know that that was part of their past yep and they've moved on from it yep why is this so serious of an episode (laughs) (laughs) well 
It's no. because it's mental awareness. I know. It's it's a big problem in the U.S. Mental for sure. Health Awareness and Month. It, and it bugs me because it's a big problem, and yet the the structure in place isn't really quite there yet. Right. But we're getting there. Just be your own advocate. Fight for yourself. Ask your family and friends to help you. They will. Sit down with them and just fucking be real with them for, <laughs> for sure. And then if you are someone that is a, a listener to someone that has some kind of mental illness, support them. Yep. Stop being a dick and saying that, oh, you just need to go outside, get some time. Shut up. They are having an issue. It's not as easy as turning it off. Yep. If it was as easy as turning it off, no one would have depression. No one would have anxiety. No one would have OCD. What a world. It, it'd be nice. <laughs> well, and if you feel like you aren't supported at home or you need a support system, email us. Yes. We'll be your support system. Yes. Unholyunioncast at gmail.com. Yep. For real. I... I, if I can't do any, I mean, obviously I'm no doctor. All of this stuff was from my experience and I will look it up for you. I'm serious. I <laughs> uh -huh. will, tr I will try and find you a doctor that meets your criteria or whatever, because it, it's important. It's important that we all hold each other up too, because the system's there. There are people that will help you, but you have to find them. And it's, it's hard when you're going through some shit. I, I know I've been through it, but just know you can make it and you will make it. Yep. And if you need help and support, we're always here. Always. It's what you do with the things you love.